everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. And again, I am especially glad you've joined us during this time of real tension and difficulty in our country and in our world. And as always, we want to hear from you about how you're doing while all of this unfolds around us. How are you finding solace right now? Are you spending more time with family? Are you getting to a book that you thought you would never get a chance to read? Are you getting to work that you wouldn't think that you would get a chance to do? What are the things that happened over the weekend to make you feel like, well, maybe the world is still going to go forward and maybe life is going to continue? It is really strange to be in spaces that are so isolated and so quiet when just a few days ago, lots of them were bustling with people and activity and all the things that we're used to seeing. For some people, that's really lonely. And that's one of the reasons that we continue to do what we're doing here on Detroit Today. This may be one of the only places that we can really indulge the idea of community that keeps us going, the idea of connection to the people in our communities. And so we're especially happy that you're with us here today and listening to the program and participating in the discussion that we try to set up here every day. And we're doing it a little differently. We are, of course, focusing a little more on coronavirus than other things, making sure that we bring you information and give you a chance to talk about the things that are happening around you. The number here on the phones is always 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Call and tell us how you're doing. Call and tell us what you're doing. Call and tell us about the struggles that you're facing now that schools are closed. Maybe your work has stopped and you're at home. Call and tell us how you're feeling about what's happening. Call and tell us what you're anticipating will happen. I found myself this weekend thinking about what it will be like when lots of people start to get sick from coronavirus. Nearly all of us will know somebody who does. Many of us may know someone who loses their life to this disease. Have you started to think about what that means? Have you started to think about how that will feel? This is a great place to have that conversation. This is a great place to air some of those things that you're thinking and feeling. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Up first today, the U.S. Senate is going to take up an emergency coronavirus package early this week. This legislation aims to strengthen the safety net for people and families who are disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and the drastic measures meant to slow its spread. Senator Gary Peters has been out front on this issue as ranking member of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, and he joins us now. Senator Peters, welcome to Detroit Today. 
Well, good morning, Steve. Good to be with you this morning. Yes. So you are headed back to Washington, I understand, uh, this week to deal with this legislation. Explain to us what this legislation would actually do. Well, it, it is important that we get it done, and we have to get it done as quickly as possible. It's been uh, frustrating. We haven't been in session. Uh, the, the House, as you know, passed it in the early morning hours of Saturday. It uh, got broad bipartisan support in the House. It was negotiated with the, with the White House as well. The president will sign it, so we just need to, to get it done. And it focuses uh, on the aspects related to the economic well-being of everyday families. Uh, you mentioned it in, in your opening. We've got a situation where folks uh, uh, may be uh, ill and not able uh, to work. You have folks who work for businesses that are being shut down and suddenly find themselves uh, without a job. Uh, these are significant uh, issues that families are going to be facing, and we need to provide a safety net to make sure that families can still uh, afford uh, to pay their bills and continue to move forward until the, the storm of this uh, coronavirus uh, uh, subsides. Uh, that uh, may take a little bit of time, so we've got to make sure there are protections uh, in place. So the legislation deals uh, with uh, uh, having employers uh, provide uh, paid sick leave, tax credits to, uh, to pay for those, to help uh, employers to be able to do that, allows folks to get on unemployment insurance if they suddenly find themselves unemployed, to get on that process as quickly as possible and qualify as a result of their unemployment due to the COVID uh, virus. But it also deals with the, the underlying uh, illness. Ultimately, we've got to deal with controlling the underlying illness. And a key factor in that, and we know this is incredibly important in countries that have been very aggressive in testing, places like South Korea and places like Singapore and Germany, we've got to get more testing out. We have to know who has the disease, who doesn't. Uh, it allows us to focus attention on those hot spots that exist and allow us to control the spread to make sure we don't overwhelm the hospitals. So another part of this legislation is to make sure that uh, testing is free, that uh, there are no co-pays or if you uh, don't have the insurance that the testing is, is paid. No one should uh, if if their physician right now recommends they get a, a test, they shouldn't think uh, it's going to cost money. They got to get it, get it done. It's absolutely essential for the public health of the country right now. So, give us your assessment of how well the federal government, up to this point, has dealt with this. There's been a lot of discussion about failure. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Uh, talked about this being a failure, at least the testing part of this, that uh, we were not prepared for it. But but give us an idea of how you think, how well you think the federal government is now responding to, you know, a crisis that nobody probably could have anticipated, but that has made itself very clear in, in its threat to our way of life and, and to our lives. Are, are we moving fast enough? Are we moving with enough intention? Yeah, and I don't want to dwell too much on the uh, on the, the blame at this point, because I think we need to be focused going forward and, and what we have to do. I, I will just say, though, that Dr. Fauci was absolutely correct on testing, something I've been pounding the table on from, from day one, and we got conflicting information from the administration as to whether it was being done or not, and clearly it was not. Testing is absolutely critical, and in South Korea... Yeah, is the model. Uh, South Korea had their first case of uh, COVID-19 about the same time as the United States, so they are on a similar path from the start, and yet they undertook a massive uh, testing campaign. They're testing right now about 140,000 people a week, and if you consider the fact the country's one-sixth the size of the United States, that would be the 
equivalent of us testing one million people every week uh, for the COVID-19. Uh, we're, we're now in the few thousands since this thing actually began. Uh, and as a result of that, it's difficult to know where hotspots are, who's sick, who's not, how you allocate resources. It makes management very difficult. But now the South Koreans are, the, are at the point where, where they uh, have believed that they are much better situation of controlling the disease and seeing uh, its spread go down. In fact, people are starting to come back to bars and restaurants uh, in South Korea versus here in the United States where we're just now closing them down. So mm -hmm. clearly we're behind uh, what other countries uh, were able to do. But now let's focus on the future. We've, we've got to lock things down. We don't know the, the actual extent of the disease in this country, but we're, because of, we haven't been testing, it's likely to be very large. Uh, we'll know more when we actually have the facts of uh, testing. And so we will see the number of cases go up dramatically just because now people are being uh, tested. But certainly the extraordinary measures of social distancing and shutting down places of, uh, where people work are absolutely critical. I think we've got to compare uh, South Korea's activities versus Italy. We certainly don't want to be Italy, where it gets completely out of hand, and you've got a situation where scarce medical resources are, are being rationed, uh, particularly for the elderly. I don't think any American wants to get to that point. We've got to do everything we can to prevent that from happening. Hmm. I also wonder what you make of the the long-term damage this is going to do economically and what will be required of the federal government going forward. We're starting to see discussion of stimulus packages come up in Washington. The Fed, of course, has lowered interest rates to zero, uh, effectively zero, as a way of trying to, to stimulate the economy. But when you think about for instance, eight weeks out when things are closed for that long, or if it goes longer than that, if we get into the summer and into the fall and things are still disrupted, it seems to me that, that there's going to be a need for a tremendous amount of support for people who've either lost work uh, or, or are off of it for a long, a long time. I wonder what, what your thought is about how we, how we get to that and what kinds of things we ought to be thinking of now in anticipation. Well, there, there's no question uh, this will be a significant impact to the economy. I, I think most uh, folks will say now the, the fact that we will have a recession is pretty much guaranteed. That's the question now is how deep of a recession are we going to have? I think the, the focus uh, has to be, though, on folks uh, right now who are, who, uh, are being impacted uh, by this disease, either by being sick or being laid off uh, or now unemployed. It's a, you know, it's a fact of life that uh, although a lot of folks can work from home, the vast majority of Americans don't have a job like that. They actually have to show up at the place, and if that place isn't open, uh, they're, they're in a, a real serious uh, predicament, particularly if they can't pay their bills and are at risk of losing their home and, uh, or uh, not able to put food on the table. These are real-world concerns that a lot of folks are going to have to deal with. That's why the, the legislation before us now is so important. We've got to get this passed right away to make sure that everyday folks uh, have access to the money they need uh, just uh, to, to survive. So the first economic stimulus or help, in my mind, has to be going directly to those folks uh, and those families who are being impacted uh, as a result of the crisis. And at the same time, we have to focus on dealing with the underlying disease. If you don't deal with the underlying disease, you're going to have an even bigger economic uh, catastrophe down the road. So that has to be a uh, a very aggressive focus so that it, it won't last uh, months and months, but can be uh, reduced to a shorter period of time. And what that time will be right now is still very uncertain. Mm -hmm. The only time we really know that we can really get our, our arms around 
a, a, a disease like uh, this coronavirus is to have a vaccine. And, and most of our scientific folks say that vaccine is at least a year to 18 months away. My guest is Senator Gary Peters, a Democrat from here in Michigan, ranking member on the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee in the Senate. We're talking about governmental response to coronavirus. There's some legislation that should be moving through the Senate this week to provide some of the relief that we know we need now. Of course, we will need lots more in the coming weeks and months if this unfolds the way we think it is going to unfold in this country. Uh, we also want to hear from you. What do you think about what the government has been doing about coronavirus? What's your assessment of how things have gone so far? But just as important, we want to hear from you about what's going on in your world. How is this affecting you? How is this affecting your family and your community? And how are you dealing with that? What are you doing to spend the time that uh, you would normally maybe be interacting with other people? How are you adjusting to the loss of work? How are you adjusting to your kids being home from school all of a sudden? Uh, we want to hear all of those stories uh, here uh, among the community that we have created here on Detroit Today. Uh, and uh, make it clear that uh, this is a place that all of us can come and talk about all of the things that we're witnessing and feeling right now. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and we'll try to include them. Let's go to Toussaint in Detroit. Toussaint, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I want to con commend the, uh, I want to congratulate uh, the states and uh, all the different states for their fast action on uh, implementing different things to uh, help to protect the citizens. Uh, my biggest concern right now, especially with Congress trying to pass uh, different amendments to uh, help uh, the current citizens, is uh, our, our current administration has ignored and, uh, and and called it a hoax, this whole coronavirus. But now he's taken advantage of an opportunity to put in effect the Stafford Act, which I think will give the government too much control uh, and used in a manner that would uh, uh, give him more power or hmm. the administration more power. So my, my question to uh, Senator Peters, what are we going to do from a state standpoint, especially if we think we're doing a good job, to curb the government from coming in with the military and militarizing and uh, our situation. Hmm. Uh, great question, Toussaint, and I, I really appreciate the call. Uh, Senator Peters, uh, respond to what he's talking about there. Well, uh, you know, he's right about uh, with the Stafford Act. That deals with uh, national emergencies. It's uh, powers of FEMA to be uh, more engaged in providing relief very quickly to certain areas. So that, that act is uh, frequently uh, used uh, for hurricanes and, and other natural disasters. And I think you could uh, clearly argue that this is uh, a natural disaster, every bit as uh, as big as a hurricane, actually bigger, because it can sweep. It's going to be a hurricane that can sweep the entire country, not just a particular region uh, of the country. So it does allow very broad powers to deliver those kinds of aids. But, but I think in, in relation to the military, uh, where the area where the military can be extremely helpful right now is the fact that they are equipped for, for mass uh, casualties uh, and to, to deal with emergency hospitals, for example. I mean, our, our goal right now is to uh, try to prevent the quick spread of the disease that can overwhelm our, our health care system. 
our hospital beds. So it's not like they have a lot of excess capacity. And yet, if you have a large number of people who are ill, and, and even though we expect 80% or so of folks will have a rel- relatively mild uh, disease, so the 20% that have very serious disease, that could be a very large number if a lot of folks are infected across the country. They need uh, attention in a hospital-type setting. They're going to need oxygen. They're going to need ventilators. Uh, the military has a lot of that because they need to be prepared for uh, a, a contingency of a war. And I think you've got to look at this in some ways uh, uh, like you're dealing with war casualties, at least be prepared for that. So you could see uh, military resources being used with field hospitals and tents and other ways to be able to put people into a position where they can continue to get treatment. Hopefully we will avoid uh, what we're seeing in in Italy. Very tough decisions are being made by by a a healthcare system that's uh, at the verge of collapse where some people simply can't get treatment. Uh, we don't ever want to be in that situation <clears throat> here in the United States, so we have to, as they call, flatten the curve. We've got to make sure the disease doesn't spread as quickly as it has the capability of doing. But uh, to meet those surges, which will likely occur in certain areas, there's likely to be certain hot spots around the country where you'll have a particularly strong spread of the disease. And there you may need military, uh, humanitarian or military hospital assets uh, to come in to help local local uh, facilities and local state governments. Okay, Senator Peters, I know you have to run, but I really appreciate you being here with us on Detroit Today. Well, uh, good to be with you, Steve, and we'll see you stay in close contact. It's important that folks uh, get facts and and understand what's happening, and uh, we get through this. As you know, our country's been through a lot of challenges uh, in the past. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it as a country, but we need to stay focused every day. Yeah. Okay. Good luck in Washington. Thank you. Take care. All right. Up next, we're going to talk with a consumer psychologist about why people hoard supplies during emergencies like the coronavirus outbreak. And we want to continue to hear from you about how this is affecting you and your family. Liz in Detroit, Bridget in Detroit, Tom in Northwest Detroit, we'll hear from you next as well. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.